In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lots of rich, rich sayings in the Gospel today, but Jesus wants us to focus on, I think, a few things today, a few things that really came up in prayer. First, Jesus tells us that He is the waters, the living waters of life. He is the living waters of life. Now, as we know, right, nothing can survive long without water. It's impossible to have life without water. It's impossible to go on throughout life and not have this sustenance, to not have this basic thing of life. And today, after Jesus says this, He's, spe- he's speaking to the crowds, and here are the Pharisees. The Pharisees who are the relig- religious leaders of the day, and they want nothing more than to entrap Jesus, to imprison Jesus, to go after Him. Here He is saying these things, and He's gaining more popularity than Him, here he is performing all these miracles, even raising a man from the dead. And they want to put an end to him. They don't like what he has to offer. They don't like what he has to say. They won't even debate him, right? It's like today's uh, cancel culture, right? You don't like something, you don't talk about it. You just cancel. Because I don't like it, and there's no room for discussion. We'll get into that in a minute. People are not a fan of what Jesus has to say. But people need Jesus more than they realize. Sometimes I think this, right? When someone doesn't have water for a while, they're dehydrated. They're dehydrated, and what happens when you're dehydrated? Sometimes you don't realize it, but you get headaches. Sometimes you become delirious, you begin to kind of become foggy-minded, whatever it might be. You don't realize you're not drinking water until halfway through the day. Maybe you're like, oh, you know, I'm dehydrated, I need some water. Maybe that's why I have a headache. Maybe that's why I'm getting so kind of delirious. In the same way in our spiritual life, we can usually connect the sins that we do because of a lack of water from Jesus, because of a lack of spiritual water that we are to receive from Jesus. We can make that connection. That's the connection I want you to make for this Lent. Where is the spiritual water that I need to drink each and every day? Where is it? What is it? Jesus, am I talking to you? Is the extent of my prayer, some rosaries and some divine mercies, which are beautiful, beautiful in themselves because they lead us to the mind of God, but are we meditating on the Word of God? Are we drawing water from from God? Are these rosaries proving effective? Are we truly speaking with God when we pray these rosaries, or does it just become kind of a task after a while? And if it does become a task for a while, that's okay. But we have to continuously ask Jesus, Am I being led deeper into your heart, Lord? Am I being led deeper into your heart? The more in which we realize we need those spiritual water, the more in which we can grow in our faith, the more in which we receive what Jesus also says today is the light of the world. A light that the world needs desperately but doesn't realize it needs that spiritual water, doesn't realize it needs that light. One thing about me is that I love hiking. I love hiking, love going out the mountains. A couple weeks ago, I was in Yosemite, and I did a hike that goes about 7,000 feet in elevation, constant switchbacks up into the mountains in California. And one thing you have to realize as you're going up these mountains in California, it's March, and there's still snow on the ground. The higher you go, the more ice and snow there is but you're sweating because it's, it's a lot of feet you're going up and it's a lot of high elevation, right? 
the higher the elevation, the more prone you are to sickness because of dehydration. But you don't realize you're dehydrated because it's so cold. And the sweat just kind of rapidly evaporates and you're, you're cooled down. But after a while, I start to feel kind of lightheaded. I didn't know why, right? And I realized I didn't drink water in a while. You sit down, you drink some water, and you're able to keep going. The same goes with Jesus. Sometimes we don't realize why it is that we're undergoing such a particular problem, such a particular anxiety, such a particular depression, whatever it might be. We don't realize why we feel so oppressed. But then we realize there's a spiritual dryness that only Jesus can fulfill. There's that light that we need from Jesus. And so we need to take a step back constantly. Jesus, am I part? Do I have enough water in my life? Do I have enough of your water in my life? And one thing we'll begin to notice is this. The more in which we receive that water from Jesus, the more in which we know who Jesus is, and the second part of the gospel that we hear today, I am the light of the world, begins to make sense. The more in which we know the mind of Jesus. The more in which we can see the darkness that's in front of us. The world suddenly isn't so dark, but we have Jesus to light the way. We have Jesus who shows us the way. And that is the beautiful thing. Here is this culture of death that's all around us. This culture of death that hates you because you are a Christian. This culture of death that goes against you, that constantly oppresses you, that constantly tells you you're going backwards because you still believe in something as silly as a church. You still believe in something as silly as Christianity. You still believe in something as silly as the resurrection. You still believe in something as silly as truth. That's foolishness. The world doesn't hold these ideals anymore. The world says do whatever you want. You're not hurting anybody. What is it you're really doing wrong? And they'll even point to you and they'll say, you're a Christian, you don't even believe everything your church says. How do you continue to go to church even though you're a hypocrite, even though you sin? Even though you sin, you still come to church. It's difficult. So why do you still follow? Aren't you ashamed? And yet... What is Jesus saying here today? I am the light of the world. I come into the world, I bring light to expose the truth, and yet there are still people who prefer to sit in the darkness. There are people who prefer to sit in the darkness. They see Jesus and they don't want to go anywhere near Him because if they conform to that truth, if they look at that truth, they suddenly have to change their lives. And so they begin to misunderstand the truth. Well, your truth oppresses me. I don't like your truth. Cancel culture. Our words suddenly become very racist. Our words become bigamy. Whatever it might be, right? It becomes whatever it might be. It becomes bigoted. We begin to confuse our words with hate, but in reality it's because we love one another in which we preach the truth. We preach the truth of Jesus because Jesus' light shines in each of our lives to tell us, hey, this is wrong. This certain thing that the world follows is wrong. It will lead you to nothing more than death. I don't want death. I want you to be able to see in the darkness of sin, to see in the darkness of the world, to see past those things to walk around. You don't have to look very far to see how the world 
is very, very much so against Christians. There was a study done recently, and they said the most persecuted religious group in the entire world is none other than Christianity. In the entire world. Even in the U.S. It's okay to, to really criticize anything about Christianity, but not any other religion. Christianity, it's fine. Talk about this, talk about that, we can go against secular media in the U.S., we can go against the bishops, we can go against these, whatever it might be, they continue to go against the Catholic Church because they don't understand why the Catholic Church still holds on to these things even though everyone else is progressing. Progressing, right? But in reality, the Church holds on to these truths because it has been revealed by Jesus Christ. Because the Church says we can't go back on these things. We can never tell you that, for example, abortion is okay. We can never tell you that gay marriage is okay. We can never tell you that contraception is okay. We can never tell you that premarital sex is okay. We can never tell you these things are okay. As much as other Christian groups want to tell you it's okay, it's not. It's not. It's living a lot. The church never goes with popularity. It never goes with the popularity of the world, but it goes upon the truth that Jesus Christ has revealed to us. Jesus Christ reveals something to us each and every day. He reveals to us our truth. The truth that we love everyone. We love the sinner, but we hate the sin. Jesus today is revealing to us that he is the light of the world. That during this Lent, he wants you to learn more about his truth. He wants you to know why it is, again, we talked last week about the vineyard, that he doesn't just leave us here. He doesn't give us Christianity. He doesn't give us our faith. And then he walks away and he's like, you guys figure it out. He doesn't do that. He leaves us with the church. He leaves us with the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church's mission is to go forward and to preach the good news and to preach the truth. No matter how unpopular it might be. A lot of times I get parents who come up to me and they always tell me, you know, my kids are very embarrassed at school to even pray before they eat. They're embarrassed. Because the people, you know, point at them and say, like, what are you doing? And they don't, want, they don't even want to live out their faith. Even at work, right? At, in our workplaces, we're embarrassed to be Christian. And nowadays, even things are moving against us. There was a um, court case, in, for example, in Britain, where a woman could no longer, who worked in, in the, on the airline industry, couldn't wear a cross anymore. Because it was a symbol, it was a symbol of, of some sort of, of real, oppressive religion of some sort. Even in the U.S., there's confusion. You have the, when the, uh, what do you call it, Amy Coney Barrett was being nominated for the Supreme Court judge. You have to sit in front of the Senate. And the Senate constantly kind of berated her on her Catholic faith, saying, listen, well, you're going to rule with the Catholic Church in mind this extremist view. She's like, what extremist view? Because I live out my Catholic faith? There was another judge who was part of the Knights of Columbus. And the, Knight of, the Knights of Columbus, their mission is to provide charitable works. To provide food for the hungry. And he was also called out by the Senate, by one of the members of the Senate. Basically said, aren't you part of this extremist religious group? The judge looked at that Senate, the, the senator very confused. No, I'm, I'm part of the Knights of Columbus. The worst we do is we give food to the homeless. What are you talking about? It's increasingly unpopular today to be a Christian. It's increasingly unpopular today to hold on to the fact that there is a truth. And what I want from you, my brothers and sisters, is this. Is again, Jesus has left us with the church. 
He hasn't left us alone. He's left us with the church to guide us to the truth. And that truth must be studied. Each and every one of us, after this Lent, I want us to be on fire with this light of the Holy Spirit, with this light of Christ, that we shine this light of Christ that's in our hearts to others that we meet, whoever it might be. But we have to prepare our hearts for it. Really look deep within your faith. Look deep within your faith and say, Jesus, what teachings do I have a problem what teachings do I have a problem? Maybe I myself don't believe in everything that my church teaches. But know that the church doesn't teach these things out of nowhere. They don't just pull these things out of a hat and say, Oh, well, look, this is, what we're, this is what we're teaching today. It's not how it goes. There's a reason behind everything that the church teaches. And the beautiful thing about being a Catholic in this modern age is, again, the ability to do a Google search and to find reputable sites like EWTN, Catholic Answers, whatever it might be, that go through each and every one of the church teachings that you might find a problem with. Why does the church teach on this and that and whatever it might be? The more we learn about our faith, the more in which our faith becomes attacked in the public sphere, whether at work, whether at school, we're able to defend it. We're not going to do it with the same hostility. We're not going to do it with the same attacks they show against us, but with love. And we're able to come back and say, no, no, it's because Jesus loves you that the church teaches this. I want us to really focus on that. Lord Jesus, where do I find that I am lacking in understanding of your teaching? Where can I grow? Where can I know more about you? I want us to become Christians who are not afraid to preach our faith. Who are not afraid to preach the truth of Jesus Christ wherever we are. Whether in school or at work or whether we're just kind of at Kroger. Where we tell the cashier or after every interaction with somebody, with a stranger, we say, God bless you. Because we truly wish the blessings of God upon all. Jesus today is asking you, he is the light of the world. Will he become the light of the world in your eyes? In your heart? in your lives. He wants desperately to show you that light. Are we going to defend him in the public sphere? Are we going to understand his truth so that we can bring people closer to Jesus? Reflect on that this week. Lord Jesus, where am I lacking in understanding and how can I learn more about you? Amen?